0: Hello and welcome again to this edition of Political Profundity with John Guzon and Karen Weil. Hello, Karen.
1: Good afternoon.
0: Well, Karen, since we talked last week, um, the Barr summary has come out. I think that's what we're calling it now because we know that it's not really the Mueller report and that there is not really a lot of information in there so that we're calling it the summary and i think that's that's uh very adequate um and we're going to talk um all things all things trump uh, he had a nice uh, uh you know for some folks i guess a nice little campaign maga rally yesterday uh, we have some of that and there's also been some stuff going on with um you know adam schiff being attacked and uh health and the special olympics we're going to cover all of that today. Um, But let's jump right into the bar summary. Um, Karen, last week we talked. We said how long it was going to take, what was going to be in there. And I think it kind of ends up being that it seems like it was a little bit of, here's a little bit, we're going to say that Trump is vindicated, and we'll let you know the evidence later. It doesn't really seem very transparent, at least so far. No, that's,
2: that's putting it mildly. It's funny, we had done our podcast on Friday afternoon, then Friday evening, we started hearing that it really was out, um, and Trump, eerily enough, had been quiet for m- most of the weekend, which at the time, you thought, this must be really be bad if he's not saying anything right now. Then, of course, around, what, 1 or 2 p.m. Sunday, the news broke that Barr had summarized it, which I think everybody's antenna should have been up on that, claiming that he, again, that they didn't find collusion, which may actually be the case in the report, and that Trump but Trump was not exonerated. That hardly seems, while yes, it be of some relief to think that the person in the White House was not willingly working with a foreign adversary, the mere fact that it does not clear him all the way should not have been any reason... For the Trump camp to be celebrating the way they did,
0: and, 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 at the
2: very I'm sorry, well, well, well,
0: I was going to ask you too. I mean, be, to, you know, just to kind of clarify all of that, they said that the evidence wasn't there for the collusion, but that he he Correct. couldn't be exonerated on the obstruction of justice and how they relate to each other, right?
2: Correct, and and thank you for 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 better stating that the way than I did. I, again, I just this was not a clean bill of health, no matter how much mm-hmm. Trump and his people wanted it to be. And I, I, I just I have several thoughts on this because, of course, a lot has developed in the, in the week or so when this first became public. Number one, on that Sunday, when Trump came out and started bellowing, you see the contrast between what fraud like him does and what an actual president would do. An actual president would show some humility, some restraint and some willingness to say to the opposing political party, let's move on now. I'm I'm willing to work with you. I want to work with you. I want to prove to you that I'm a patriotic American who's putting his country's interests first. When you consider Trump's just ridiculous clown show performance that afternoon, there will be no collusion, no collusion, instead of anything thoughtful or, or meaningful, with 20 or so years ago when Bill Clinton, when he was finally acquitted by the Senate for obstruction of justice and perjury charges, and again, I'm a broken record. I'm somebody who had very little sympathy for Bill Clinton because he brought this on himself. But I remember the speech he gave, and it was basically admitting, yes, I screwed up badly. I hurt this country. And I remember at the end he was asked by a reporter, do you forgive them? And he said, he, he turned around and came back to the podium and said, I believe for a man to accept forgiveness, he has to be willing to give it in return. And I think while it was never going to satisfy the people who dislike Clinton and, you know, his opponents, it did show somebody who, again, understood the depth of his behavior and how much, how much hurt it caused the nation. You know, i would never excuse him but it would at least on some level i don't want to say put closure to it but it, it just it did sort of combination down at the time after that year and a half ordeal and of course because trump does not have the basic decency maturity or depth to understand what it means to be an actual leader of this country he failed to do that instead we've seen and as I knew he was going to do, John, and I bet you did too, has gone on a terror of deciding now he's going to try to punish every Democrat he feels is a threat to him by now doing things that are so insanely stupid, i.e. trying to dismantle ACA when his party just got their ass kicked, but good in the November 2018 election for this. I, I, I said to people who were very disheartened by what, had been released on Monday. day, I said, let him have this gloating period for a day or two. I said, and then it's going to be over. And I don't want to say I'm totally right on that, but I think I'm halfway right. Mm-hmm. He has totally tripped on his own momentum. He screwed it up. I, I think the term people like to say now, stepped on his own dick.
1: <laughs> and well,
2: we could make all kinds of comments about Trump regarding that.
1: So this is
2: not a vindication of him. It's not even a significant PR victory. Yes, it satisfies his base and that's all he cares about. He doesn't give a damn about the rest of this country. That's pretty apparent. Um but it and it does not move the polls. You know, I had shared some data with you. And had remember reading a tweet from John Weaver, who was a, a longtime advisor to John McCain, worked for Bush 41. He said early, this is not going to give Trump any bounce. That cake is baked. And he was absolutely right. If you're looking at a recent CNN poll from just a few days ago, well, it, 43% say yes, it exonerates Trump of collusion. 56% say no. Now, basically, that adds up with, with most Americans who oppose Trump to the to the both his hardcore base and the 5 to 10% who don't like him but begrudgingly are supporting him for now. I don't think those people will be back in 2024. for it, but at any rate, that's still a bad number for him. And then we saw, you know, another poll, again, around the same figures. That's just that people do not believe for one moment that this man is completely innocent of everything he's been accused of. Another factor I have here that I have been saying all along, unless... Trump testified before Mueller, how would this truly invindicate it? And of course, we all know he didn't wanna do that because he would have perjured himself most likely. Number two, I think the one or two people who truly had the goods on Trump, I, Paul Manafort, and of course Trump's son, as we know, are never gonna flip on him. Paul Manafort is in prison now because he betrayed the Mueller team by going behind their back constantly. We, Donald Trump Jr. is a piece of trash, just like his father. And he doesn't care about doing the right thing. Oh, those are two people that would have indeed, I think, offered some more solid evidence to allow for a fuller picture of this. And because we don't have that, we don't have the fuller picture. I And therefore, that means Trump is not vindicated at all.
0: Huh. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, you know, I think one of the interesting things that's been coming out, too, is that, you know, talking about what's going to go um, on from here with the Mueller, sum- I mean, with the bar summary evolving into right. what the Mueller report's going to be made public um, is the grand jury testimony, which there's been several calls for the grand jury testimony to not to be able to be waived from its secrecy requirement because of, you know, the level that it's at and that the that information would be allowed to be made public. Um, And so that's, that's a rule 6E, I think of the, of the federal code. Um, Let's see, it's the federal rules of criminal procedure rule 6E. Um, And um, I guess, you know, it it was touched in, I think around 2011, when they finally made the grand jury uh, proceedings of of, uh, that looked into Nixon public, talking about how that uh, impacts this case. Um, But that's obviously something that I think that That Barr is hesitant to do and probably won't want to do it. And that's some of the spot where some of that information may come from. Now, because alluding to what we had talked about is that if there seems to be, and that's the way it seemed to me reading Barr's summary, um, that he was preparing for some information that Mueller had put together where he thought the evidence did lie and that. There was probably the the conc- the collusion and the obstruction of justice, um, but obstruction of justice was a judgment call, um, and uh, he knew Barr wouldn't make it. Um, that's my opinion on it. And but as far as the collusion went, it seems like there just wasn't evidence to support it. So maybe they got one single report, but then it would be based up all upon intuition um the idea that those those one and two those two uh, points in time and space needed to be connected and like you said it probably was going to be connected by paul manafort and roger stone and since those two guys have decided to not say anything which they basically are or but their argument is there's nothing to say um but it's been alluded to that those are the two guys who are really trying to work on this as we know, Manafort was in the meeting. It's it's uh, Manafort, uh, Donald Trump Jr., Kushner. Everybody was in that meeting. Can establish whether it really was collusion or not. But he only has what? he only has Manafort that he has charged in order to get him to say that. And as we all know, that that's the way a lot of these collusion conspiracy. Um, uh, uh, you know, cases go, you find somebody, you find ways to pin crimes on them, and they turn on everybody else. But no one is either going to do that. But it does seem to me that Mueller thinks that that's where it lay. He wanted Manafort to turn on Trump, and Manafort's not going to do it. And that's where we are. And so that long story of me kind of explaining that is, there, besides grand jury testimony, there's probably information in there that he tried to put these threads on and why he ended up then going after Manafort for everything else and trying to, I mean, but obviously he finds these things, they're going to, that's the way prosecutors work. They find crimes, they prosecute them. If you get under the spotlight, you're going to be prosecuted. But since he wanted to do the, 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 the communications and, and the uh, plea deal, that's for him to give information on somebody. So that, you know, to me, that's the connection there, that moves Manafort and Stone, hopefully to get them to flip on the president, they both wouldn't do it, and they took jail instead. And that's where we are, where, that's why we are where we are. And and, right. and that's what's in that Mueller report that we haven't seen. Whether it's grand jury testimony, probably could back that up. But beyond that, it's probably also just the evidence that he has, that he can probably state what went on that has nothing to do with the grand jury. And that's the ticking time bomb, I think, inside of the report and why everyone needs to be careful about what we're talking about now. We're saying that it totally exonerated him because obviously it seems like there's something there, but they can't prove it.
2: Right. And well, we've learned today, of course, now, you know, the U.S. Attorney General William Barr, who let's not forget Trump desperately wanted after Barr wrote this long, long opinion piece saying that basically Trump, shouldn't have to face any consequences for anything. That's exactly why Trump wanted him. But now, of course, he he claimed earlier today that, well, Barr is saying this, that they're going to release Mueller's report on Russian election interference publicly with some redaction by mid-April. Now, Barr is supposed to also be, and this could change, just so everybody knows, between now and then. He's supposed to testify before Congress in May. But he, he sent a letter to the House Judiciary Committees headed by the Senate, Lindsey Graham, respectively, and then Gerald Nadler, one is, of course, Republican, the other Democrat, that Mueller's office was helping him determine what would be reacted in the, the report, which Barr says is nearly 400 pages, would be released to Congress without the White House referring, referring it first. Now, again, given who we're dealing with in, in, a, in the presidency, I just wonder how much of that's actually true, and that if Trump is really okay with this thing going public without him seeing it first, i highly suspicious of that. I, I, it's interesting, Jennifer Rubin, who is a Washington Post columnist and a conservative. So, you know, this is not a woman who's particularly a big fan of the Democratic Party, but she is a strong Trump critic. And she wrote something a little inter- very interesting earlier on Twitter. Barr realizes that he and trump carried the nothing to see just move along way too soon and must craft a narrative to defend himself from the legitimate complaint that he inserted himself and tried to exonerate trump politically now in this Rupert speculating i think you know that first part is is just spot on in many ways she also writes i wonder if mueller threatened to go public now we'll probably never know that as we all know about robert mueller who is not, you know, again, I think unfortunately there were some in the anti-Trump crowd who really tried to turn this man into some kind of savior who was going to fix everything here. And you know, folks, I'm sorry, Mueller was never going to save us in terms of this political nightmare. The only people who are going to do that are the American people themselves. And we've certainly seen a lot of them step up in terms of protesting, speaking out, voting, doing what they're supposed to, to try to revive this country's democratic process. But again, There is no perfect fiction here. But I think, again, I think Ruben, she is is nothing if not a very savvy observer, and she's definitely on to something here. So I, I, again, I'll believe it when I see it, when I see this full report that, yes, and there may very well be some legitimate national security reasons to edit out certain portions. Okay, but you're gonna have to have honest brokers involved in that. Now the Mueller team, if they're involved, i feel somewhat better about it But if you're anybody from the trump white house automatically you, you just can't help but be highly highly skeptical of what they're doing because again this is not about getting for donald trump this has nothing to do with getting to the truth this is about covering that fat rear end of his at all costs
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that's basically what his entire tenure has been about since he you know barely won the electoral college and just decided to, to stay in this office and, and hold stupid rallies that have absolutely no purpose other than satiate his base and, you know, and, and please his own fragile ego. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess we'll just have to see how legitimate that entire process is. If, you really, if we really are going to see a full report that has the meat in it that may very well absolve Trump of some things, but it's also going to show that clearly this administration and Trump himself had had, if, if not maybe broken the law or committed treason act, acts have clearly acted in manner, in a manner that is highly unethical to say the least. If we can see that, that's one thing. If Barr actually will show up and testify I and mean, he's supposed to testify under oath. So, you know, if he's lying, then that's a pack of trouble for him if, if, if somehow it's proven he is, right. but uh, you know, if he does that and it is being straight with the American people, that will be another thing, too. I Again, I think a lot of us are highly skeptical about how full this report is going to be. I know the Democrats are pressing forward as best they can to make sure this is made public, the whole thing. Because, you know, to harken back to Bill Clinton and the whole Monica Lewinsky scandal, the Star report was out in full, unredacted, with two, within two days. We saw the whole grimy, unseemly embarrassing spectacle you know, which everybody back then was doing something called downloading a new, a new thing at the time in the Internet <laughs> page to see, you know, this pornographic novel of a, a report, which nevertheless resulted in Trump being impeached. And, and here we are. Um, I mean, Clinton. And I, you know, I, I just think, it, it, yeah, of course, um, I'm sorry. Well, that's a Freudian slip. But uh, <laughs> at any rate, I, I just. Uh, but here's my main question, John, for you and for people listening. Mm. And I would ask to any Trump supporters listening: If this man is innocent, why doesn't he want the full report out right now?
0: Well, you know, he says he does. It's you know, it's like everything else. Yeah. Um, you know, with Trump, um, you know, you know, he says one thing, and y- y- you know, it it probably is automatically the exact opposite. Um, but you know. You you had mentioned earlier that, um, you know, Robert Mueller wasn't going to save the country. And I would I would just, you know, you know, posit the fact that, you know, if my argument is there and right and that it's if you're going to find out whether there really is collusion, um, you need to have, you know, people who have these tight connections with Russia, um, which is Manafort and Stone to really, um, you know, tell the truth, which seems like they haven't they've they've obfuscated at every turn. Um, you know, and whether there's anything there, I think that, that, you know, if Mueller actually got Manafort or Stone to flip, which I think Manafort was probably a little bit of a better bet than Stone, because Stone seems crazy enough to think that he's going to have fun in jail. Um, but you know, he gets one of those to flip and this is a totally different ball game. Right. Oh,
2: absolutely. Look, in in terms of the political optics, again, Trump, they, they screwed that up badly. This could have really been a legitimate political win for him, but again, because he's such an arrogant sociopath, he couldn't help himself and he screwed it up. But
0: um, well, I mean, you know, you know, you know, Karen. Right. With all the rest of the stuff, though, could it have really been a win for him, or is this just one of these things that he should have just said, "Okay, it's over"? Because you know, kind of moving into the next topic, the victory lap ends up being right. a um, it gives. It gives the story more legs. Now, if you just would have said, "Okay, it's over and I drop it, then then the Democrats to a certain level sound like harpies, um, you know, you know, trying to pick at a scab that's going away where he with if when he keeps it going, it allows this to get even more life. And for when they are making complaints that they want to see the Mueller report and what the real evidence is. Um, it doesn't seem so much like they're, you know, uh, a man crying in the wilderness. This is this is real and a debate. Um, so he's keeping the debate yes. alive.
2: Well, another quick, just a quick thing. I know we're somewhat like going to pivot here, but another quick thing I want to say, just in terms of political optics, if this report had been out and if it truly was damning against Trump, you probably would be hearing more calls for him to resign. So for now, you know, he's got a bit of a grace period. But again, he can't get out of his own way. Yeah,
0: but that's my point, though, too, is that if it yeah. if it actually it had something where they would have charged him, but the Justice Department regulations say they shouldn't. If it said something like that, at least in the bar summary, which, as we probably know, that there's something close to that in the Mueller report itself, that there's something, there is some there there, but there wasn't enough to prosecute on or to try to bring against a president of the United States. Um but if there was, then then you know, I think that that changes everything as we know. I I don't even think the Republicans would be where they're at right now, and they've put themselves out on a limb, not knowing what that evidence is.
2: Well, they're counting basically again. Yeah, they're they're counting on the Republican base to continue to support Trump no matter what, and I, I think we've seen that. Well, that, that's it. They they just do not uh, how this feels to most Americans, but the problem for them. And just as it was last year, they've got, you know, yeah, the Republicans will fall in line, but you're going to have those independents who are already very skeptical of Trump and really want a real reason not to vote for him again. And I think this is giving, you know, those independents that, this whole unease about how this report is going down. And I I just think, I think if anything, too, what this has done, it's energized Democrats even more. Because now they're going to be angrier, and, and the attitude is he has to be held accountable. But if we can't do that in terms of the civil manner to impeach and remove a president, then we're going to remove him in November 2020 by voting it. And that may very well be how this all comes down. Um, but again, we're, we're dealing with extraordinarily dishonest brokers in one party. I'm sorry to say that. I really am. Yeah. Well, you, uh, you know, know, this is not the Nixonian era Republicans, people like the late Barry Goldwater and others who respected this country deeply, understood what really mattered and had the courage and the decency to go to Richard Nixon and tell him it's over, you need to leave.
0: Right. And going back to the point, though, you made earlier about the Maya culpa from Bill Clinton, um, you know, to a certain point, you know, I think it would have been a lot better if the all the evidence would have came out for the Republicans and the GOP. I think this looks like, like I was saying, they're on a rickety, um, you know, you know, they're up in a rickety treehouse right now because we know that whatever comes out in the greater information is going to be worse than what came out in the summary. And, 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 And if there really was political maneuvering in order to whitewash this report. That's going to play against them in the long term because once the evidence starts coming out, it looks even worse. It looks like there's even more cover up because they were trying to tout the stuff that they knew that was really there, um, or you know, tout the story that there was nothing when there really was, and they knew about it. To me, that that will look worse and might even change some minds in, among the base. Right,
2: and and I mean again, I you know I've been saying this all week. Whether Republicans like it or not, whether Trump likes it or not, this isn't over. It's far from over. And they're just, you know, this is of their own making. So they're going to have to deal with the fallout that will continue uh, regardless.
0: So they turned, um, it became like, uh, now I'm going to use Trump's name for him, uh, but uh, Pencil Neck Adam Schiff. um, (laughs) I guess that's what he called him last night in Michigan. Um, Yeah,
2: I'm sure he's crying over that.
0: But, you know, his... His response yesterday in the Intelligence Committee to um, the statements that Republicans wanted to make and say that he needed to resign his chairmanship, although others have saying he should resign from Congress. And it's just, um, you know, uh, you know, it is it it, it, it stretches um, uh, the realm of belief, um, I, I think, um, where we have gotten to. Um, especially in the intelligence committee, it seems like all the intelligence has left the intelligence committee. Um, It's, you know, one of those old oxymorons, you know, military intelligence. um, The intelligence committee in Congress might be getting there, Um, especially on the GOP side with with what's been going on. And now they want to bring back, you know, FISA abuses and Hillary Clinton and the emails, um, which are, you know, You know, she lost the election, maybe probably a big part of, you know, because of that, at least it was out there. Um, You're going to try to go back again and try to try her again or ring that through the ringer. Um, You know, I just don't know that that's that's even politically feasible for them. It seems like a losing battle. And that they need to find at least something else to get on their soapbox on, but it's it's these attacks and this this feeling like where they were, um, but it's also the idea of of what just hasn't gone on and just poor governing, um, you know. And we can you know kind of pivot from shift to you know some of these others maybe later, but you know we were talking about the week that they had um, the Special Olympics um, going after the ACA, uh, you know you know Puerto Rico, um, you know the the you know border wall money, which now they know what projects they're stealing the billion dollars from, it seems like, um, you know, the governing is poor enough on its own that um, no matter what, people are just going to run on that in 2020.
2: Right. You know, look, the Democrats are going to have a plethora of good issues. Now, we know this is a party that, uh, at least more than once, has a bad habit of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, Um, but besides just Trump's alleged treasonous behavior and criminality... You're just talking about somebody whose administration has been horrendously incompetent and just vindictive and petty and nasty on so many things. But I, I just wanted to mention a few things about Adam Schiff, as you know. As you mentioned, we saw—I forget which—I think it was Conway, a rep. I don't know what state he's from, Republican who started with this speech about how Schiff needs to resign. And of course, many people by now have heard. Because it went viral, uh, it was all over social media. Shifts extremely strong response to them uh, I, in a way that I, you know I, I, he's looked at as somebody who's very soft-spoken and tends to be pretty careful with how he responds. But if if you watch this, very
0: lawyerly, story, uh, you know, like, it's,
2: it's... you know, the man's a lawyer. He's he's been in Congress now for about 20 years, won the seat away from uh, you know a, a, a Trump. A, well, then very not trump a uh, very conservative republican but and i will not go through the whole thing of what he said but you know he he wrote and said at one point i say this to the president and his defenders in congress you may think it's okay how trump and his associates interacted with russians during the campaign i don't i think it's immoral i think it's unethical i think it's unpatriotic and yes i think it's corrupt and it was interesting while he was speaking he was looking right at devin nunez who's been one of trump's biggest cheerleaders on that committee and in Congress period and of course and he was looking at the other Republicans none of them from what I could see on the angle would turn around and look at him now eventually some of them did to try to push back at him and they wanted to speak and and Schiff said no you've already made your point you can make your point when you start questioning the witness I yeah, and, and really well, Schiff was really pissed off and this was the side of a man few have ever seen and because again it was, it was ridiculous Whether you whether you agree with Adam Schiff about Trump or not he has done everything by the book and, you know, so again, this is, I have a feeling that the Republicans asking him to resign were, were instructed by the White House to do so. So it was an attempt that failed that made Brem look stupid. Um, I'm sure that a lot of people donated to Adam Schiff's congressional campaign. Um,
1: yeah, well, it's it did...
2: a very interesting piece of theater. In the long run, it means nothing. Right. But I, I think just Schiff they not representing where a lot of democrats are and if they want the, a full investigation of trump and it's not just the matter with russia we're talking about an inaugural committee that looks like it, it laundered a lot of money or did something with it it wasn't supposed to we're talking about the trump family business and the numerous things that they're accused of doing we're talking about the again as you mentioned shifting money away from our military for legitimate purposes for this ridiculous wall that nobody in the country really wants, save for Trump's base, I, you know there are just a, there are so many angles here to to go to go on, that, which is why I just say you know Trump, there's no win for Trump here because he's so deep in so much crap that no you know bar summary is going to save him at the at this moment. Uh-huh. um So it was yeah you know, I just think that was it's quite an extraordinary thing to have witnessed. Yeah. Uh, and, yesterday. It, and I, I think it definitely kind of changes the perception of, you know, Trump can call Adam Schiff a, a pencil neck all he wants. Um, I, you know, I don't think how that's a lot of Americans are looking at Adam Schiff right now.
0: Yeah. And well, it so did seem...
2: Trump fails again.
0: Yeah. Well, and it did seem like what really set Schiff off was the way that uh, folks went about it, where, um, and, and I'm talking about the other, or, uh, you know, the... Uh, non-ranking uh, members of and then you know non uh, the, the you know the GOPers in the intelligence committee but it had been a few days people had been attacking Schiff since monday um, they get in there on thursday they're doing a hearing not on anything to do with collusion russia trump um, there was an ambassador sitting there waiting to um, testify to the committee and they use their comment time to tell the chairman that he should resign as chairman of the committee. So I think that that's also what got him. you
2: like Adam Schiff or not, he has done everything by the book. Has he maybe made a few statements that might have been premature earlier? Sure. But again, I've said this all along, you know, the Trump and his cronies, they could have easily cleared this up from day one if they had just told the truth from the beginning, and they haven't. So that's on them. That's not on Adam Schiff. Um, again, like I said, just an incredible thing to witness yesterday. And the Republicans, i know, they're way better with political theater than Democrats are. But this one backfired on them big time. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
2: <laughs> Excuse me.
0: You know, we talked about the policies that had gone on this week, um, and maybe we can, you know, do this somewhat quickly. But um, there was a. Uh, as we know, the the, the executive uh, branch um, uh, uh, submits a budgets to Congress. Congress looks at them and then kind of does what it, what it wants. Um, and all these things are, are all kind of known. Well, what's going to you know raise rise to the level of a presidential veto if we end up passing it? You know, it's all the it's all the political machinations that go on. Um, and we know it probably never would have came about. To cut um, more funding for Special Olympics, but that was part of what um, uh, Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos um, submitted, um, and it 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 obviously raised um, a huge issue. Um, and then it was one of those things where Trump in the afternoon says, "I overrode my people. We're not, you know, we're not going to cut this anymore." And it almost seems <laughs> like to a certain level, like I don't even know whether, and it seems that Trump doesn't know the process. Um you oh, absolutely
2: know. not. He doesn't have the first clue what's in his budget. Mick Mulvaney is the one driving that car and you know, as we know, Mulvaney is not exactly the most uh compassionate individual that's ever been a budget director. But I think I just want to point out a few things about the Special Olympics debacle. <laughs> Which Special Olympics is a program that only an heartless ogre would not love or support. As we know this allows people with mental or physical disabilities to compete in in sports. It's just such a wonderful life-affirming program that was started by Sergeant Shriver, who was, was, I'm sorry, I forget which Kennedy woman he was married to. He is the the father of Maria Shriver, Uh former First Lady of California, formerly married to Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger and an accomplished journalist in her own right among other other things. Um, Television
0: journalist, right?
2: (laughs) um, We saw that, you know, again, Betsy DeVos, who is probably, I I, get Trump has a lot of horribly incompetent people in his cabinet, but that woman might be the most incompetent, and that's saying something right there. When they were proposing to make this huge cut, and DeVos was trying to defend it in Congress, and of course you saw... Uh, Right away, you started seeing backlash, not only from Democrats, but from more than a few Republicans who realized, hey, wait a minute, I have people in my district, some of whom voted for Trump, but their kids are probably competing in this. What in God's name are they doing, i.e., the Trump administration? And, you know, Mark Polkan, a Democratic representative from Wisconsin, said, you know, you're affecting 272,000 people, mostly children, with this. DeVos tried to claim, well, they get most of their funding privately. Yes, they do. But, you know, the, the, and it's only, they only get 10% of it from the federal government. But still, that means something. And that goes a long way. It's the symbolism of this more than anything. But just, it, it further reinforces in the minds of everybody outside of Trump's space how cruel this administration is. And, of course, you know, DeVos did a terrible job defending it. And she got thoroughly And I don't know if anybody saw this footage. I think it was a CNN reporter asking her to explain herself. She would not acknowledge him at all. And staring icily at the camera, it it shows, again, the, the inhuman nature of all of the people in his administration. And for Trump to claim that I'm the one who came in here and fixed it, he's the one who made this mess in the first place and now claims that he solved it. He's done this before. But nope, again. No one outside his base buys
1: it. Yeah, uh,
0: you know, and it's a, uh, you know, like we had, you know, gotten to. It's the uh, governing part, which, um, you know, no matter what you want to, anybody wants to have an opinion on uh, about, you know, collusion or how he was elected or what went on. Uh, can't seem to really get a grasp of the right way to be president and the way that the political machinations work. And the last thing is, you know, w- w- it's been so busy. Um, no one's really talked about you know, is Mulvaney now the official permanent chief of staff? is he still interim? What's going on with that? I mean, we thought he was going to be leaving. Um, does he maybe want to leave now? is is he ever gonna have um, uh, you know you know Trump um, you know, not you know, treat him so poorly that he wants to leave? just like uh, John Kelly did, Um, you know, because obviously, as you mentioned, Mulvaney probably drove the cut of uh, Special Olympics, and he's been driving some other things, which, you know, Trump is overriding. Um, And who knows whether he's also, you know, uh, driving the bus on trying to get the Department of Justice to not back um, the ACA in the courts, which is what that whole ACA thing was, (laughs) Um, if we can kind of pivot into that. But it seemed like, you know, he wasn't saying that he was going to try to do anything about it. He was just saying he's either going to join the fight against Ob- uh, o- Obamacare or not defend it, um, and that's really where that was coming from. And as we know, most of the Republicans are like, "You're on your own, dude. We're not, we're not backing this at all." Because if they lose this, you know, the, one, it's not good, and two, we're hurting people. Well, right.
2: Look again. We, the sense it was put into. Or officially, formally approved and signed in 2010. Obviously, the ACA has gone through a very interesting transformation. As when it first actually debuted in 2014, and things did not go well, and as you know, to some degree, that probably cost the Democrats even more seats in Congress. Too, in the last few years, once some of the kinks have been straightened out, it turns out a lot of people like this, and. As we know, two years ago, the Trump administration tried to have a vote in the, in the Senate. <laughs> we know, you know, that's now become something, the stuff of legend, when John McCain, you know, may God rest his soul, came down and gave that infamous thumbs-down vote saying, no, leave the ACA alone. That, you know, completely was a, a huge humiliating defeat for Trump and uh, certainly a public relations defeat as well. And you would think, you would think that they would understand that this is a political loser for them and they should just leave it alone for the time being. Now, you would also think that, okay, if they're serious about really getting rid of the ACA, then they come out right away with, hey, we've got a better plan. We've got the money for it. We've got the apparatus in place. We're going to make this work. And of course, we've seen nothing. So I, I almost think to some degree, Ro, Trump is doing this again to lash out because he's pissed because his little victory lap over the bar report, or summary, shall we say, is not working out well. Mm. And he is weirdly obsessed with and insanely jealous of President President Barack Obama, because he knows damn well that he will never elect like to respect it in the way Obama is. so and this is why, even if you've seen the backstory, even Barr his lap dog has told him this is a stupid thing, leave it alone, and you've got the GOP very nervous going into 2020, because if this somehow continues on, this is gonna be a loser for them. It might only not just cost them the Congress or even the Senate, it might cost them the White House Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So, and again, all because Donald Trump is mad. So, I'm I'm sorry, I'm just gonna keep railing on this guy. He is not a decent human being. He is not a legitimate leader in any way, shape, or form. He is an infant. Well, yeah. And that's an insult to infants. <laughs> it's just extraordinary to me. And I, I think to some degree, I, I suspect, John, too, if we really play this out, you'll see this fade down. Because the GOP is going to tell him, you're not costing us any more votes. You're not going to cost us any more losses next year. You're already in deep shit as it is. Yeah. So and, yeah, stop. Well, it, but it, I, again, you just you sit there with your jaw on the floor half the time watching the vindictive nature of of this individual and the people around him it, it's, it's 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 disgusting
0: yeah you know I just don't think the people need to you know be, be you know perpetually reminded that basically Obamacare what's called Obamacare now the Affordable Care Act was basically the Republican response to um, uh, the Clinton health care plan um, this is basically a Republican free market um, you know with a little bit of you know government um, support is basically all that it is um and then putting some additional requirements on the insurance industry like no pre-existing conditions um negotiating prices um some other things like that and so this is really you know when you when we get to the idea where um you have a lot of uh, uh conservatives GOPers, trumpers um you know talking about how you know democrats or the those on the left are just you know the party of the opposition they'll just oppose whatever um, you know, th- all that stuff comes to roost, just like supposedly Republicans say they're the party of of, 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 of low budgets and, and no deficits. But the opposite seems to be true. And and, and that's really, you know, I, it, it, it boggles my mind that Republicans couldn't take Obamacare and make that a win instead of trying to turn it into a short-term win in 2010, which is what they did. And, 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 and that's it. And just build themselves upon opposing something that really comes from them as we know it came from a republican think tank um and so this is you know just more just hey we have to oppose everything um and 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 you know it's it's a waste of time and it's also doesn't really help our country um if 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 they can, in a short term, win one election in 2010. You can't say that helped our country. That Tea Party revolution might have been the worst thing that ever happened.
2: I you know, it, it certainly, again, it, it, the Republicans have absolutely no credibility here. They really don't. And if, um, unless they come forward right now with legitimate replacement for ACA, one that they think they can get Democratic support for, and who knows, you know, weirder things have happened, so that could be the case then they've got no leg to stand on here at all. And the public sees it. And of course, I, I'm gonna, I'd like to bet some money, John, that the Trump administration's gonna start walking this back to. But you just, you have to just wanna pull your hair out at how, I don't even know if there's a word that properly describes the type of disdain and contempt the Trump administration holds for governance, and yeah. frankly, for the American people.
0: Yeah, well, that might mean you know Mulvaney has to go. I think too, because you know, with uh, it seems like you know he's still stuck in that Tea Party Revolution, and he wants Affordable Care Act. I don't think he probably mumbles it in his sleep at night. You know, uh, rescind ACA. <laughs> um, um, and you know, second of all, the you know, I, I just want to know how much you're willing to bet. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you, you said you'd bet money. Nah. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> Somebody um, actually basically threatened uh, that he might punch Donald Trump in the nose this week, and that was um, the Puerto Rico governor. Um, how about more? into that? Yes.
2: Yeah, I mean, I again, this is another thing that the Trump administration got so badly handled two years ago. And I think even though, uh, you know, we heard a lot of talk about how the Puerto Rican expat vote was going to be, a big deal in last year's election. I'm not sure that totally panned out, but clearly, again, the the, the public's perception of how Trump handled this this I'm sorry this this island, which is part of the United States, it's part of our country. It's not a separate country. And again, I think this comes from some personal disdain Trump has for Puerto Rico and the people in there and that he asphyxiated on cutting aid to it for no valid reason, none whatsoever. There's probably as much aid has been given to Puerto Rico. I'm I'm exaggerating a little. It would pay for all his constant back and forth flights to his vulgar mansion in Florida. I prefer, much rather prefer money going to the people of Puerto Rico than his parasitical Trips, frankly, okay, and it just uh, again, uh, you you can only suspect this comes from some kind of racism or bigotry on Trump's part. It just makes no sense whatsoever. It's not a winning really issue for the GOP um, other than with the base, but it's it's an incredibly stupid thing to do for a lot of reasons. And as we've seen with leaders of Puerto Rico who have stood up to him in the past, including the mayor, but. I, I saw this story today and, and I, w- I honestly was sort of shocked by it. The the governor of Puerto Rico, Ricardo Rossello, who Trump just met with, you know, and I'm sure that poor Mr. Rossello must have had to fumigate himself pretty good after that. <laughs> um you know, he's gonna stop
0: by, fungus by again, what huh? Trump has
2: said and, and, and he basically is, you know, made it clear, we're not gonna let you bully us and he said, quote, If the bully gets close, I'll punch the bully in the mouth he told CNN. Now, that's hyperbole, I'm sure, but I think it also shows someone who's just had it up to here with this crime. And the, the way he treats a part of the United States, which, has, I, I forget how many millions of residents who have done and so much for this country, John, have contributed so much, have served in our military, given their lives and service for it. Uh, it's, I, I, it just makes you so mad. These people deserve so much better. Okay, And so, all I can say is good for Rossello for speaking out. I'm sure, I, I'm sure it probably was not easy for him to say something like it. I don't blame it.
1: Yeah,
0: and, you know, I, then I have to apologize. I just interpreted that as punch him in the nose earlier. I said that, and, and he did say punch him in the mouth. So thank you, Karen, for pointing that out to me. Um, but, yeah, right. it, it seems like, you know, as far as the election um, um, uh, backlash, um, you know, I think, you know, for the most part, the Puerto Rican vote is um, is kind of like you know you know preaching to the choir. Um, it's the same thing. Whereas um, you know the bar summary uh, didn't change many Democrats' minds, and um, you know most of them are probably going to vote for the Democrat anyway. We know that there were some there, but it probably didn't play over um, because you know a large um, uh, amount of the uh, Puerto Rican population is in New York City. There's you know there's still plenty in Florida as there is from everywhere in the Caribbean, but. Um, um, you know, it just didn't play off enough in Florida, I think. And, you know, maybe it's why I made it a little bit closer there, but obviously, um, he doesn't care. Um, and he probably just sees it as a, uh, I mean, I think, you know, the most important thing is he sees that as a land acquisition and you know what kind of hotels he probably doesn't like playing up, uh, you know, Puerto Rico, cause some of those people might come to, his, you know, some of his places in Florida. You know, you never know whether this is just competition. Is somebody who's a developer and he doesn't he doesn't actually own any property in Puerto Rico, so why the heck should he care? Um, but that's just off the top of my head. I don't, I don't, I don't hang out with Donald Trump. Thank goodness. But it does seem like, um, obviously you know, he just, I think there's no political ramifications for him. So he can, he can bully, he can, he can do whatever he wants. The rest of it I say is, you know, you know, you know, talking about whether it's bigotries, um, yeah, probably based upon, you know, what he did in uh, New York City and his exposure to probably tenants and, and others um, who he just, uh, you know, doesn't really appreciate. And again, um, you know, as you mentioned, when you're president, you're president for everyone and for everywhere that the United States has sovereignty, and that includes Puerto Rico. And I usually expect my presidents to stand up for it. Um, You know, maybe we could talk about it at some other date, but I know we've talked about it before. Um, You know, I think the situation with Puerto Rico, you know, is kind of horrible anyway, that we haven't just given them state status or done something else with that area. Um, And, you know, hopefully that at least stays on the topic. So we can kind of, you know, deal with that situation. You know, why do we allow Hawaii um, to become a state and 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 don't allow the same thing for Puerto Rico? Um, you know, I think, you know, the easy answer is a naval base there. Um, and uh, um, they figure that they don't really need um, that ex- extensive, uh, o- you know, operation. It's not very far from Florida, uh, even though it is, um, but it's not like Hawaii um, to the West Coast of the United States. So uh you know, hopefully things can change there. I, I, you know, I think it's, you know, really kind of horrible that, you know, what has happened is that, you know, Puerto Rico is kind of treated as a third world country even before the hurricane. And after that, it's gotten even worse. And those people that live there deserve better as, uh, you know, f- folks that should be, you know, covered by the United States.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, again, just I, one can argue about perhaps with, with any disaster aid, it does matter how effectively it's spent um but that that is a, immaterial to being a basically a decent human being and caring about you know all the citizens of your country and we know trump doesn't i don't even think he cares about his base all that much either he's happy to use them and, and you know that may that may not save them but i, I just uh, just another shameful example of how unfit he is and
0: what an embarrassment he is to this, to this country. Yeah. it, it, it And as we mentioned, um, no matter what happens, it, the, the Mueller report, um, uh, may, may or may not be able to shed some more additional light. What Robert Mueller did, um, maybe he didn't get Manafort and Stone and some others to flip on the president. Um, but this governing, um, the job of actually being president, um, Trump hasn't done very well, and there's a lot of ammunition for those who want to run against him.
2: Oh, yeah. No, look, look again, I, I, I tell Trump supporters all the time, I'm sorry, the hard truth is this country can't stand this man. They want him out. Now, they're waiting until, I think there, there's been a belief that maybe, again, had the ball report been out fully and really him in working directly with a foreign adversary, we'd be seeing a very different may- media narrative today. Right. One of calling for him to resign. Now, that's not going to happen right now. But again, this isn't going away. And he is not, at the moment, in great shape for re-election mm-hmm. next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I doubt that he will understand how he could correct that. Uh, and I, you know, I am just I suspect to some degree the more... Darker elements of Trump's camp think that by using the same tactics, or perhaps defending on out, depending on outside help, they're going to work the same magic that barely won him the election in 2020. Well, you know, I believe in the saying, "History may repeat itself, but never quite in the same way." So I'm just not—I'm just not sure they—they they understand that. So again, this is all far from over, and right now Trump is not looking very good no. in terms of public perception. Hmm. So
0: um, they say weeks, not months. So it looks like, um, like, and I think you had mentioned earlier the latest report was uh, somewhere mid-April. I think is what they're talking about now, right? Is if you can confirm that, or is that well, that's, that's yes, yeah, what that's you're
2: seeing? Barr's camp is saying I, I, this whole thing could turn on a dime any moment. So I, I just. Until we see the full report, until Barr is actually before the Congress, testifying under oath, honestly, I am not going to believe a word that comes out of right. But that's what. That but that's
0: so. you know, is the, you know the the greatest amount of information we have right now is that it will be somewhere in mid-April. That's what they're saying right, right now at this moment. So no. you know, we know that there's going to be a lot more back and forth, and there might be some other information that comes out. Um, Probably not from the Justice Department or from Robert Mueller, but um, there could be some additional investigations. There could be some uh, other information that 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 comes out. But, you know, as far as Trump goes, it's just, you know, trying to ride um, the train. And, and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the economic indicators are not something we're really going to talk about today, but. Um, you know, the idea is that the curve is inverted and that a recession's on its way, um, and that it should be here sometime this this time next year, which doesn't bode well for our country. But it definitely doesn't bode well if there's also a recession um, while Trump and the Republicans are trying to run for re-election.
2: Right. I mean, again, what what should have been the victory lap that's fallen apart. And again, the, the Trump people have no one but themselves to blame, especially Trump himself.
0: Well, Karen, thanks again, and to everyone else out there. We'll talk to you again next time. Thanks, Karen. Thank you.
2: Bye-bye.